0: Thank you, Pastor Matt. Oh, it's always such an honor to bring the word of God. Um, it's it, it's just an honor. And so thank you for allowing me to come share um, my heart, to come share just what God's doing. I love this Christmas time, Christmas season. I love celebrating. I love all that That we get to do during this time, the remembrance of Jesus and of him coming to the earth to die for us, uh, him coming in the form of a baby, him loving us that much to do so. I love the lights, and I love the laughter, and I love the time together. I love the parties. Uh, So quick plug for our adult Christmas party coming up on December 15th, that Friday night. You want to be there, I promise you. If you have never been to one of our adult Christmas parties, I guarantee you, you are in for a fun time of laughter. You're going to have some great food. We're having some lasagna. There's going to be some chicken piccata. There's all the amazing sides. And then there's going to be pie. And this pie, I, I love pie. I don't like cake but I love pie, and so this pie is so good. So you want to come, but we need to know if you are coming or not. I know it's still a couple weeks out, and we're still trying to figure out what our schedules look like and where we can fit things in, but would you make it a priority to take some time and to come celebrate this season with your church family? We just want to have a good time. We want to say thank you. We want to just bless you this Christmas. So if you could sign up um, at radiant.family for that event that night. Let us know you're coming so we're sure we have enough food for you, Uh, and it's going to be a really great time. I really love, um, really everything about the Christmas season. I mentioned the, um, well, I maybe didn't mention the songs, but the Christmas songs. I think it's so cool that this time of year you walk through all the stores, and what is everybody singing? Everyone's singing Christmas songs. Some of them are, yeah, like songs like Santa Baby or Santa Claus is Coming to Town. You know, very centered on that, but. I hear a lot of times them singing songs like Oh Holy Night and Away in a Manger and Silent Night and they are hearing the gospel without even realizing that they're hearing the gospel. Chris and I on our vacation went to uh, the Pirates Voyage, a Dolly Parton uh, dinner theater. (laughs) We did that for our date night and they had it Christmas themed this year and it was really cool because they didn't, I mean, they had all the pirates and they had all this, like, crazy stuff. But they told the story of the nativity. Like, they did a whole live nativity uh, in it. And it was so neat because there were a lot of people there that, like, that wasn't something that would have been, I don't know, it's just not something that they think of or something that's normal. But at this time of year, it feels normal. And so my prayer throughout all of the Christmas season is just that people would come to know that that is a true story and that it's for them and that God loves them so much. And so if those seeds are being planted, that they're just seeds, uh, and that as we go out and we share the love of Jesus, that, that those seeds that have been planted, then they recognize just how true that really is. So I love Christmas time. I love celebrating. Um, today we're going to take a look in the Bible at a celebration. Um, but it's a little bit different because this celebration is one that takes place In the end times, one that's taking place at the end of the day, Uh, at the end of our life, at the end of the tribulation, we're going to be in Revelation. And Revelation isn't a common place for a celebration, I wouldn't think, because when we think of end times, a lot of people think of the end times as a scary moment. We do think of Jesus coming back and the greatness that that is, but it's also a lot. Like it's scary to think about what the world is going to look like at that time and what it'll look like for our own lives. And so it doesn't really feel like a celebration, but we're going to see a unique celebration as we're looking in the book of Revelation this morning. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, in the previous passages before chapter 14, in this beginning part of Revelation, there's a lot of kind of disturbing passages. There's story about... of. Um, Surrounding Satan, there's stories surrounding the Antichrist, the false prophet, and the mark of the beast. The world is deceived and they have committed themselves to a counterfeit Christ. And for some of us, like, if we look at our world today, we can think, man, our world sounds a whole lot like that time. It sounds like people who are deceived, people who are believing lies, people who are believing that good is bad and that bad is good. And we can kind of get ourselves in this place of like, wow, yeah, like the world looks like that. And so this story we're going to be reading is about the end times, but it also very much can apply to us today. I don't believe we're in the end times ourselves personally, um, because sadly, however bad the world is right now, it's going to get a lot worse. Uh, I know, I'm really encouraging and uplifting you this morning, are I? <laughs> Look how bad the world is, it's going to be so bad. Um, But I promise there's an encouragement in here. It's going to get worse. But in chapter 14 that we're going to be reading, we see hope. And we see what is to come. And we see a piece of hope that we can have ourselves right now today. It's a scene that finds blessing in the midst of tribulation. That finds blessing in what is chaos and is hard and is bad. And some of you might be sitting here today and things are really hard. Maybe you aren't sure, we're singing about joy to the world and the hope that's to come and you just hope that you can make it through another day, that tomorrow life might look different, that a family member might come to know Christ or that you might have all the things that you need. It might look dark for you today, but there is blessing in tribulation and there is hope for what is to come someday and it can happen now. So we're going to be looking, like I said, in chapter 14, and we'll be starting in verse 1. And the first thing that we're going to notice, we're celebrating the marked ones. In verse 1 it says, Then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. We first encountered these 144,000 men back in chapter 7 of Revelation In verses 3 and 4, and in there it talks about them being sealed of God to carry the gospel to those who would receive during the tribulation, during the hard times, during that season. They were sealed of God, which meant they were approved, and they were sent. So God had said, I say that you are approved to go tell the world about me and go do it, and they did. And we too, we just, Pastor Matt alluded to it a little earlier about every nation, every soul. We just got to be a part of that. You too got to be a part of sharing the gospel all across the world, whether it was through your giving, or it was through praying, or it was through going. We had people that just got back from a trip to Tanzania, and they got to change many people's lives by being a part of that. We've got trips that are happening next year that you could be a part of. And we're going to continue to have opportunities to pray and to give and to go. Not only across the world, but right here in Ohio, right here in Dublin, right in your own backyards with your neighbors and your friends and the people that you work with. We, too, carry the gospel throughout the world. And that's what these 144,000 were doing. Now in chapter 14, we've come to the end of their ministry. So they've endured all of this hardship. They've walked through these really hard times. Um, They've kept the faith, and they've finished the course, and then they were martyred by the Antichrist. Their faith has ended in sight. Even amidst everything that was going on, they stood firm in Jesus, and they were martyred for their faith. There's a couple things that we need to look at that we could consider about these 144,000 men. The first thing that we see is that they stayed connected to Jesus. We have to keep in mind that a vast majority of mankind at this point had bought into the lies of Satan and had chosen to follow the Antichrist and receive his mark. They had aligned themselves with a counterfeit Christ. Sounds kind of like what we see today, right? Our culture and our world has aligned themselves with truth that isn't true. Their truth is blurred. They don't know what is right and what is wrong. We see people who have believed lies and are following what they think is truth and it's not. And we know that because it doesn't follow the word of God and the word of God is truth. These men, on the other hand, they've given themselves to the Lord and to his work. And at the end of their life, they were found standing before the lamb. And the trials of this life, they don't even compare to the glory that we will behold when we stand before Jesus. And if we can grasp that peace, that even though there's darkness and even though things are chaotic and even though you might feel like there's no hope or there's no way out or this world is just left to be and God, come take us home because this is hard and we don't want to walk in this or how is it ever going to get better? We have no hope. We have hope because there is eternity and it's greater than anything we could ever dream or imagine. And so if we can find ourselves not so caught up in what is happening in the world around us, but catch our eyes on Jesus, then we will be able to have hope and we'll be able to endure the trials of this life that we walk through. Romans 8 verse 18 says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. All the mockery, the tragedy, the suffering, all of it, ended with the wonderful privilege of standing before the one that they had endured to see. And if you can hold on, if you can stand firm, if you can be faithful to God, then what you have endured, what you have walked through, what you have to live through, what you might have to, to fight for will all be worth it someday because of the glory of the one that you have fought so hard for. That is a promise for you, that there is hope if you will endure. But you have to stand firm and you have to fight. We also see that their assurance was in Christ. So it wasn't only that they were connected to Jesus, but they had assurance in him as well. The world had given in to accept the mark of the beast. And those people were now identified with Satan and will spend eternity with him in torment. I think that should grip us that it's not only a world that's hurting and is broken and is darkness, but it's a world full of people who are going to spend eternity separated from Jesus and in that very darkness that they live in right now and will be so much worse. And that should spark us to want to not only endure (laughs) And not fall away and not find ourselves believing lies as truth. But it should spur us on to spread the gospel and to share that with the people around us. Because it is, it is a sad story for those who don't know him. And you sit in this room today and you have hope because you know Jesus. But those who have no hope, they don't have anything to cling on. And what are they enduring for? They're enduring for something that they don't know anything about. And so it's our job to get to share with them that good news because we know it. These 144,000 that we read about, they have a very different destiny than those who don't know Jesus. They were sealed with with God the Father's name written on their foreheads. So where those that follow the Antichrist and take the mark of the beast, they have a different destiny written on them. We have the destiny of Jesus because that's who we follow, and we have his name written on our foreheads, because we identify with belonging to the Lord. There were 144,000 that were sent out to preach the gospel, and here we find that 144,000 were all present, were all accounted for, and standing before the Lord. That means not one of them in those years of tribulation, through all of their trials, not one of them stepped away from the Lord. But in order for that to be your story, you have to stand in truth, and you have to endure, and you have to fight for that, to remember what is to come. In John chapter 10, verses 28 and 30, it says, we may not endure the tribulation. We might not be in the end times. But we have that same assurance as these. If you have been saved, you are secure in the Lord. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. If we stay true to God, he will not fail you. If you will stand and you will fight and you will stay connected to him, you can have the assurance that he will not fail you. But you have to hold on to the mark that God places on you. And then you will be a part of the celebration. And what a celebration that is going to be. We see that they celebrated with, that they celebrated these marked ones, these 144,000. That they celebrated those like you who are enduring and standing firm in their faith. They also celebrated with the marked ones. Verses 2 and 3 say... And I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. And they were singing a new song before the Lord and before the four living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. Okay, I love this part. So bear with me because this, this is such an important passage and something that is special and unique for you. As the faithful of God found themselves in the land of their dreams, a celebration began. There was no doom. There was no gloom. There was only rejoicing. And that's the type of celebration that we'll have if we stay faithful to the Lord through our life. That there is none of this bad, none of this heartache that we fight through, none of this stuff that goes on is any more that there's only rejoicing in heaven. We only get to rejoice Notice the celebration. The celebration is an unending celebration. It's not just a short period of time. It's not where we just like praise the Lord for a minute, you know, give 30 seconds of praise. It's unending. It goes forever and all of time. They're found before the throne among the four beasts and the elders. They're at the throne of Jesus. At the throne of God, We they are. And they've endured famines. They've endured droughts. They've endured persecution and death while preaching to a lost world. They didn't just hold it in. I think that's that's interesting, that it wasn't just for them. They didn't just survive. It's not just about, like, not doing things wrong and getting to heaven. They shared in the midst of that with a lost world who needed Jesus. They shared the good news that they had with those people around them. They did all of that. They spent their time witnessing the entire world reject God and to follow the Antichrist. Theirs was not an easy existence. And I think we might think things are hard for us, but can you imagine that everybody around you, you're trying to get them to know Jesus, and they're all choosing to go a different way? You might have people in your life that that is the story that you're begging them, you're just praying that they somehow come to know Jesus, that they follow him and that they believe, and they choose not to. It's not easy to continue to share the gospel when everything around you is falling apart. But they chose to do that, and they were honored. And now all of that stuff, they endured all of that, and it's now just a distant memory. Everything that you are enduring right now someday will matter no, nothing you won't know any of it it will be gone from your memory you will have fought and you'll be in the presence of Jesus and none of this will even matter anymore they were delivered so they could worship the Lord that they were faithful to for all of eternity and that sounds like my kind of place a place where we get to celebrate and we get to rejoice and there's not hard things because it's hard to rejoice in the mid- when things are hard It's hard to rejoice when you just want to sit and cry or when you just want to hide away and you don't want anyone to talk to you. Or when you're fighting for something you so strongly believe in and you're just not seeing it come through. That can be hard to rejoice in. But the Bible commands us to and tells us to rejoice even in the midst of it all. We also notice that it was not only unending but that it was a united choir that all of them were singing together, it was described by John as a singular voice, as the sound of many waters, the sound of great thunder. We can't even begin to imagine the sounds and the beauty of heaven. I think if we could imagine it, I mean, we can begin to imagine And I don't think the Lord allows us to know quite how good it's going to be. Because he knows we have a job here to do on earth and we would want even more so than we already do to long for that hope that we have that to long for heaven. We can't even begin to imagine it. There's there's no sweeter sound than the redeemed praising. And the last time I spoke last month, I talked about praising and how your praise is your victory. And there is no sweeter sound than hearing us all together in one voice praising the Lord and singing to him. I will just sit sometimes when I hear a whole group of people will be at like, general council or at the national youth conventions and stuff and you just hear all these people singing and praising and I can just stand there and bring me to tears how awesome it is. This sounds like heaven, what it's going to be like someday when we're all gathered together and we're all worshiping and we're all praising and we're praising without any remembrance of the stuff that has happened in our life. Can you imagine that freedom that that will sound like? They're also singing an unknown chorus. And this part I think is so cool. It says they will sing a new song that no man can sing but these 144,000. Because they alone have endured these trials. They alone will know the words to that glorious song. Nobody else gets to sing your song. Nobody else knows the words to your song because nobody else has endured what you have endured. Nobody else has the story that you have. And you have a song to sing that is unique to you because of the story that you have. You have a testimony and a story to share with the world that only you can tell because you're the only one who's lived it. And it might feel sometimes a little bit like a Hallmark movie where your story is not a whole lot different than the stories of people around you. It could feel like that or it could feel like completely opposite of one because You feel like your story is so different from everybody else that how can God even use you? How can he even use your story because it's too broken, it's too messed up? But God wants to use your story and you have a unique story to tell. Radiant Life Church, us as a church have a song that nobody else can sing. No other church has our song. No other church, no other group has what you bring because you are unique. And what God has called you to is unique. And it's not unique because it's some obscure thing. It's unique because it's yours. Because it belongs to us. Because we're following what God has asked us to do. And so today you can know that you have a story to tell. You have a song to sing that only you can do it. And if you don't do it, who will? Because you're the only one who knows it. In Psalm 40, verses 2 and 3, it says, He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. He drew you out of the pit of destruction. He's walked you through what He's walked you through, so that you have now this story to tell and use it. Use it for his glory. Use it like these 144,000 did to share the gospel and to share what Jesus has done in your life and to give testimony of how he's brought you through or how he's holding you right now. You might not see the end of it yet. You might not see the end of it until the time that the Lord calls you home. But there's hope and you can hold on to him. Sing the song that Jesus gives you and watch victory flow from your life. If you will sing that song, if you will speak that testimony, you will see victory. And it might not look like what you expect it to look like, but you'll see a victory in your life. So we see that we, they celebrated those that were marked. They celebrated with them. We also see that they celebrated those to come. Verses 4 and 5 of chapter 14 say, It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever he goes, these who have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb. And in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. There will be many saints who receive great rewards people like Abraham, Moses, David, the prophets, the apostles. They've stood the test of time, they've endured their tribulation, and they've stayed true to God. Were they perfect? No. If we read their stories in the Bible, we could sometimes think, how can God use some of these people who are so imperfect? Yet he does use them. But God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people who are willing to stay true to him. People who are willing to stay faithful. People who are willing to chase after him. We might make mistakes. But God's not looking for a perfection from you. He can use you. You're not too far gone. You're not too far broken. For God to use you, as they are presented to God Himself, their character is revealed, and may their stand serve as a challenge to us today. Because a few things we need to notice about them and what made them be this be said of these men. One thing is we notice their spiritual purity. The word defiled means polluted, stained, or contaminated. These have kept themselves pure of the defilement of sin. In this case, through living, through not living sexually outside of marriage, what does that look like? Not sleeping around, not looking at porn, not sending messages that maybe shouldn't be sent, anything that might be outside of the context of what God would have for a married man and woman. They've kept themselves for the bridegroom. And whether it is living In a walking in a sexual sin or whether it's just walking in sin in general, we have to be people who aren't defiled before the Lord to be spiritually pure. Our sin separates us from God. The things that we do, and even though it might be done in private or in secret where you think nobody knows, God does. And it separates us from him and causes us to not be like these men who stood and who said, I am going to live for Jesus. I'm going to live the way I'm supposed to because I want to see the goodness of God and I want to be able to share his testimony. How can people listen to us if we're not walking the way we should? If we're not living as the bride of Christ. And we are called to live as the bride of Christ and we should behave as such. We are devoted to him. And if we are sinning, then we're separating ourselves from him and being unfaithful to the Lord. We should live in such a way that understands that we are the bride of Christ. We also notice their their sacrificial persistence. These men were wholly surrendered to the ways of God. It is these who follow the Lamb of God wherever he goes. The word follow means to be in the same way as someone else. We are to live as Jesus lived. And how are we to live as Jesus lived if we don't know him? In order to follow somebody, you have to know who it is you're following. And really, why would you follow somebody who we don't know? But in order to know him, what do we have to do? We have to pray, right? We have to seek him. We have to be in his word because we have to know his voice. We have to be able to follow him in darkness. You know, if it's dark in a room, you can't really see the one that you're following, so you have to know what he sounds like. And in a dark world, we have to know the voice of the Father so that we walk and step with him, so that we can follow him. And in order to know his voice, we have to know him and have spent time with him and spent time listening to him. Let's spend time getting to know Jesus so we can follow him. And so we can stand with him. We also see their symbolic prophecy. These men have been redeemed from mankind as the first fruits for God and the Lamb. In the Old Testament days of sacrifice, the people brought what was known as a wave offering. They would take these sheaves of grain that they had harvested, and they would take them to the temple, and they would literally wave them. And as they waved them, it was a testimony of what was to come. It wasn't just saying, this is what I have. It was the very beginning of what God was doing. Radiant Life Church, you are the first fruits of what God wants to do. You are a part of those first fruits. There's going to be countless more people saved because of your labor in the harvest. And what we've brought for the Every Nation, Every Soul offering, what we bring and you being here, is just the beginning of the labor of what you are doing and the harvest of what will be had as you share the gospel and as you go into your neighborhoods and the places around you and you share what God is doing in your life. This is just the beginning. That should get you excited because it's not the end. It is the beginning of what Jesus wants to do and there is so much more. The harvest is ready It's ready to be picked, and what we're bringing is just the way of the testimony of, you are the testimony of what God is beginning to do. And there's so much more, and you get to be a part of that. You might think that you have little value, or that you don't really have a whole lot to give. You might feel like your life hasn't been very fruitful up to this point, and like, well, what good is it? But if you are faithful, and you sow the seed of the gospel, then you will see a harvest. And your job is not to make your life here amazing. I pray that your life is amazing and that it's good and you get every good gift from the Father. But it's also not about that. I am all about having my home nice. You know, I want the, I want. A nice couch, I want things to be clean. You can ask my kids, I'm always like, would you please just clean up? Would you please pick up your stuff? Because I want it to look nice. I want it to be comforting. I want it to be a place that people come in and they find peace and they find rest and they find comfort and home. I want to look good. I want to buy the nice clothes and I want to drive, you know, a car that's not falling apart. All those things. I want all of that. We want joy, and we want happiness, and we want peace. But if that is what we're searching for, then we've missed it. Because it's Jesus. It's Jesus that we're after, and it's Jesus that the world needs to be told about. The last thing that we see is that they had a sanctified position. It says, in their mouth, no lie was found, for they are blameless. These men were examined as they stood before God, and they were found to be without fault. There was not a lie found in their mouth. Lie literally means a decoy or a deceitful image. It has the idea of one who isn't what he appears. These were not decoys. They are not counterfeits. They are the real deal. And our world is looking for, they are crying for the real deal. You can see it because they're searching everywhere for something that is truth. It's why they've come up with this idea that they get to just decide their own truth because they have been lied to so many times that they don't even know what truth is. But we know what truth is because we know the word of God. And so if we can share that truth with them, but we have to first be living that truth. We can't just talk about what is true. We have to live it. We can't just act one way here on Sunday morning and then go home into our houses and live a different way or to go in our workplace and say, well, it's just the culture of my workplace, I have to act like this. Or to surround yourself with people who just tear you down and bring you down. The world knows who we are. You saying that you're a Christian, you going to church, you posting things on Facebook, they see you and they are watching you and they're looking for somebody who is what they say they are. And is true to the word of God and stands true even in the midst of trial, even in the midst of a dark world. And that you are who you say you are. That you don't just talk the talk, but you walk the walk. And that is what our world needs and it's what they're looking for. And you can be that. Let's rise up and let's be the people that our world needs. Let's be like these 144,000 that even when the world is dark and it looks crazy, that we share the gospel, that we stand firm in truth, that we walk in that way to see the harvest and to see the gospel come forth. And if you will do that, if you just stand firm, then at the end of your life there will be such a mighty celebration. But you have to stay faithful. You have to stand firm. And you have to live for Jesus. I know this was a lot this morning, and it's maybe not felt, I hope it's felt challenging, but also encouraging. Because there is darkness, but there's hope. And church, I am, Chris and I love leading this church because you guys are full of people who are the real deal. You're full of people who love, and you give, and you go, and you care. And it was displayed, we can celebrate A couple weeks ago, that you guys gave over $26,000, which, when paired with the tithe that we're giving off of money that we have received this year, is going to be able to fulfill all of the projects that we have been wanting to do for every nation, every soul. Come on, yeah. (laughs) You guys are these people, and you have displayed it because you're willing and because you pray, and because you're a part. But this is just the beginning. And if we need to be able to stand in what God is doing, to be able to stand in who he is, and to fight for the Lord, and to fight for your eternity. And there will be a great celebration. We're so proud of you. If today, could we just all stand across this room? I don't want to let this moment pass by without giving an opportunity that you might be here today and you don't know this Jesus that we're celebrating here at Christmas. You maybe don't know what this hope looks like because your eternity isn't secure, because you're not assured of your faith. And I want to give an opportunity for you today to say, I want to be a part of that. I want to be one that when I stand at the end of eternity, God can say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so with every head bowed and eye closed across this place, if that is you today and you would say, Pastor Rachel, I don't know that I know who this God is. But I want to and I want to explore that and I want to give my life to that. Would you just across this room, if that is you, would you raise your hand and let me know so that I can pray with you? Eternity matters greatly. Okay. Well, then I'm going to believe that every one of you are ones that are following the Lord. And I pray, Chris said at the beginning of this year, that his biggest prayer is that he doesn't want to see a single one of you not make it, that we could say, like these 144,000, that they withstood the tribulation, that they stood in Christ, and that they get to celebrate eternity. And so I'm going to believe that every one of you are followers of Jesus and that you're chasing after him. And so I want to take a minute, I'm going to pray over you that you would stand strong, that you would be faithful, that you would walk in truth and walk in the word, and that you would stay with Jesus. Would you just lift your hands across this room? Father, I thank you for each and every one that's here today. God, I thank you for the saints, Lord, who call themselves yours. God that you have placed your stamp on their head, God that you have sealed them and called them Jesus to and approved of them, God. Whatever their life looks like, God, that you have approved of them to spread your gospel and to share your word, God. Lord, I pray that every one of them, no matter what trials they may encounter in their life, God, that they would stand true to you. Lord, that they would know you, that they would know your voice so they can follow you and they wouldn't get led astray, God, by things that look like truth but really aren't. They'd be able to distinguish it, God, because they know you and they know the word. God, may they stand strong. May they be people who stand for, for you, who stand for truth no matter what is going on around them, Jesus. God, I pray that you would bless them and that you would keep them, Jesus. And God, that at the end of our days, Lord, that you would be able to look at each and every one of us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And that we would be able to be a part of the celebration, God, of what you have done. We thank you, Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, church, I look forward to the day when we all receive our reward the day that we all get to be together rejoicing without anything else going on around us, no distractions, no pain. I look forward to that day. Stand strong. Stay steadfast. Stay grounded in God's word. Let's continue to pray. Let's continue to give. Let's continue to go. And let's see our world saved, healed, and whole in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then, well, church, be careful what you watch today. Be careful what you listen to and be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.